Hello, hello. Check, check. Microphone check. All right, we're back in business. Um, myself, Ronan Harvey, here with. Uh, it's all right. You can play a bit. Aye, okay. Yeah, you can play a bit in the background. Yeah, there we go. Bit of ambience. We're here with the Celt himself, Maximum Celt, Ryan McKenna. I've uh, got a bit of mandolin. We had a little chat before, um, just talking about a few of the, I guess, the aspects of the journeys we've been through, um, yeah. coming from the modern world and the modern way into some of the more ancient ways, I guess, right? Right, yeah. Um, returning to the health and the body and the self and reconnecting with nature and uh, traditional lineages from all over the world, including our own. Yep. Uh, funnily enough, I sort of came to uh, my own lineage, mostly Ryan forced me through playing the Irish songs when we were living together. <laughs> and um, you had no choice in the matter. <laughs> I had no choice. Wake up. Waking up to like jigs. And yeah, jigs and reels <laughs> and protest songs. Um, <laughs> which, of course, was actually it was quite good, you know, because um, the, the deep dive out here in Central America for some of us has been exploring more of the culture did cultural traditions of this part of the world um how people gather and celebrate and heal um and that's been part of what we've been experiencing here temascals the sweat lodge and like traditional music from around the world mm. and different ways to work with plants to heal the body and so with that i had an accidental pilgrimage on Ryan's uh, Sacred Scotland tour, right? It was an accidental pilgrimage. It was right? an accidental pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah I was. Um, I wasn't really meant to be in England, but apparently I was. And um, and so yeah, Ryan was doing his Sacred Scotland tour and gave me an invite to come and be part of it. Yeah. And we hit up some of the ancient Druidic sites, right? Stone circles and Shahalian. Shahalian, yeah, the Crystal Mountain, the Fairy Hill, Callanish for the solstice. For the solstice. Uh-huh, which is like, uh, kind of like Stonehenge in Scotland, right? Yeah, it's like the Stonehenge of Scotland. What, what's it about, actually? Do you know what the history of it is? Yeah, I mean, it's um, there's there's a lot of... Callanish is steeped in deep mystery, um, but it was an ancient temple for tracking the, the lunar and solar cycles. So it was used as an astronomical uh, portal, you could say, to um, align with the seasons and to perform certain rituals and ceremonial magic that was that the druids would, would partake within these stone circles in order to maximize the energies coming from the earth and bring the energies down from the heavens. So it's it's a really magical and powerful, powerful place. But there's, there's a, a lot of mystery with these stone circles. No one actually quite knows what was going on. Not only that, because they were thousands of years old as well. So Maybe they were just the uh, Damien Hurst of their day. <laughs> they were just like, oh, I'm going to make a nice installation piece here now. This this represents Earth. Oh, really? Tell us why, Mr. Druid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think with that, it's like you say, it's to do with ancient rituals and stuff, but it's also maybe as well, some of these places are to do with um, fertility in the land and working with the land as well. And Working with the meridian lines and the ley uh -huh. lines in the land. Yeah, and one of the places I visited was um, the crown of ancient kings, right? Tara. Mm, right? Tara, the hill of Tara in mm -hmm. Ireland. Which was where the ancient tribes would meet yep. to hold, I don't know, parliament or what, what would you call it? Yeah, ta Tara was like the, the political epicenter of, of ancient Ireland. 
So the 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 royalty, the the Ardri, the, the 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 high kings of Ireland would congregate there. Matara um, was the the seat and the home of the two had the Danann, which were said to be this this mythological godlike race that seeded Irish civilization. Um, but Tara was, you can imagine it. There was the massive banquet halls and parties and ceremonies and all of the the greatest people from all over the country would congregate there and, and that's why i ended up there right you got accidentally there, you know <laughs> there were the, the hill of tarot was calling ronan come come and i'm like i'm gonna be in la so how did how did you feel in tara like because obviously you, your parents are both irish and so mm-hmm. you, you have that strong irish lineage in you and yeah, it was a very uh, interesting accidental experience. I was just trying to get from Cork to Dublin, actually, and it just happened to be on the road on the way there. Yeah. So we stopped off. And then, funnily enough, some friends of ours from Guatemala came, and they did a, a Reiki activation for oh, us. Nice. So I had an accidental Reiki activation on the ancient hill of Tara, <laughs> crown of the ancient kings, just when I was trying to go home. <laughs> As you do. Just casually, yeah. Casual, yeah, yeah casual Sunday. Um, casual druidic yeah. activation. But I actually love the artist who's there. His work's amazing. Courtney, um, something or other. I forget his surname. Is that in the wee store? It's yeah. Just, oh, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like, like the kind of the Tibetan sort of style of art, right? Mm, yeah. M- uh, mandalas, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but done in the Celtic style with all the ancient gods and goddesses of that region. Mm. And so for me, that was really beautiful to see that because it's like the meditation in art that we see in these Eastern traditions in the more... Um, from around the world and then to see it there was like oh wow okay yeah so yeah once again it's sort of the same thing coming out and exploring the word and uh, and going to these different traditional rituals and gatherings and ceremonies and then actually reconnecting with where we're from and the the druidic way right and maybe with that it's time for a a nice jig or something right yeah we could play a little jig this this one's called uh, Morrison's Jig no, the jig is uh, a traditional Irish um, style of playing, and it's in the the, the time frame of six eight. So it's, uh, it's the, the rhythm is, is six eight. So it's in triplets. So for all you mu- musical geeks out there who probably know what six eight is, but, uh, <laughs> six six eight, six bars of eight. Right. It's, no, it's uh, one the, two three one two three. Yeah. It's like so. The value of the beat is is. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, let's see. Or one, two, three, one.
we soon fall? Aye. We went very uh we went we went very Celtish there. Is that a word? Celtish right? Celtish Celtic. 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 Well I'm always blurging up the wordage. Um Celtish. Let's move this round a bit so it's not so in your in your chops, right? Yeah, that'd be great. Cheers. How's that? Yeah, thanks, man. Is that better? Yeah, perfect. Let's see. Yeah, okay, good. Um, yeah, so yeah, a little bit of music of the uh, the traditions we're chatting about, eh? Yeah, yeah. And um, what what about that one? It's it's funny because I've always sort of thought that was a bit um, Scottish as well, but Irish, right? Yeah, it's not, yeah. I mean, Scots, um, the, um, the whole of... At one point, the Celts did dominate most of mainland Europe. All of the British Isles and Gaul, which was modern-day France and Brittany, and even down to like Spain and Galicia, Germany. I mean, the Germanic tribes and the Celtic tribes are very similar as well. But obviously, over the onslaught of the Roman Empire, it did push these Celtic tribes to the kind of the fringes of Western Europe, which most of Celtic world right now only exists. Uh, I mean, the true Gaelic-speaking countries still only exist in the west coast of Scotland and Ireland and Wales also pockets of uh, Galicia and Spain and Brittany and France and so. so what about you then Roy were you always really like connected with your heritage or was it more coming away made you look more at where you're from yeah well that's an interesting story because yeah on one hand um, growing up in Scotland I was always connected to it in some way like I always had a love for for the, the culture that more of like the ancient culture but I, I kind of like had to leave Scotland and I came here to Costa Rica and I got onto the medicine path and started to do some really deep work with the medicines and I made some trips down to Peru and Colombia and also here in Costa Rica and working with many different kinds of medicine healers and shamans and through my own journey with the medicine, the medicines told me that I need to go back home. And all the magic that I was seeking was back in my own front doorstep. You know, I can't go further up to the Andes or further down the Amazon. Or more ceremonies and more ceremonies. What was it I was seeking? And where are the Andes? At the, e the end of Eurystes? <laughs> um, but yeah, the the reference to medicine here, I think how I would like to frame it is um, basically working with plants. Yeah. Like um, we on Earth have access to all kinds of like healing plants, you know, very simple things, herbs, things that we consider uses for flavoring, for example, mm. have really deep properties. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I had a bioresonance scan with a friend of mine and I showed, he said I had one of the lowest levels of aluminium in my body. And we were talking about it. Uh, I think it was aluminium. It was like heavy metals anyway. And you the low, low than most people. Yeah, lower oh, really? than most people. That's great. And uh, we got to talking about it and it was like, why was that? And we, d we d dived into a bit and actually I think it's from colantro, coriander. Oh, wow. Because uh, everything I ate, for like the last 10 years has coriander in it basically oh, that like uh, pico de gallo yeah exactly uh, yeah exactly <laughs> everything and tons of it as well because i don't mess around right. i had a mate in england i remember living with him and this was before i even came here and he's like you know ronan you don't have to put coriander in everything 
I think I made like an Italian pasta. He wasn't wrong, actually. Basil would have been better. But um, <laughs> the point being that because I had just introduced that into my diet as a normal thing, mm. it actually had a very beneficial um, health impact on me. Yeah. And I think you can say that with a lot of these different, well, they're framed as superfoods now, but like coriander just grows in the street here, right? You just grab right, it yeah. between the, the pebbles. Yeah, the wild yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So it's not like some superfood you have to order um, that costs an arm and a leg. Um, yeah. It's just, for example, in England, things like nettles, right? Nettles, dandelions, like some of the most powerful um, medicines that we can find are literally like known as weeds that grow on our front doorstep. Mm-hmm. Most, some of the most powerful uh, plant medicines we can find, you know? Yeah, and we have some stuff like that here. Chanca Piedra being another one. Yeah. Uh, if you can come a little closer, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Cool. better. Yeah. And um, so, for example, you've used Chanca Piedra because you've done a lot of work with uh, kidney, right? Kidneys, yeah. Kidney, liver. Yeah, Chanca Piedra in, in Spanish literally means stone crusher. Um, so it, it, it seeks to break down these, the sediment, um, and gravel and sludge that gets caught up in our kidneys uh, and the chanca piedra goes in and just cleanses it all so it's literally called stone crusher anyone who has gallstones or is suffering from any kind of um, kidney stones or toxicity in the liver chanca piedra will really help and yeah i think what this sort of brings me to is that there's this concept in the modern world of medicine right okay mm. You go to your doctor and they give you medicine to resolve your issues. Well, actually, if you look at a lot of those medicines, what are they? They're actually from plants, right? All of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah all of them. Yeah. So there's this idea that um, you have to go to the pharmacy and to the drugstore to get the answers. But actually, most of the answers in the drugstore are from the garden <laughs> anyway to start with, right? Exactly, yeah. They've just been stuck in a bottle and right. and whatever, yeah. you know. And yeah, cut out the middleman, right? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But usually they're denatured and modified in a way that's, I mean, modern day medicine and pharmaceuticals does ha- it does have its place. Yeah, I mean, like, certain, look, like if I broke my leg, right, I would put a plaster on it. I wouldn't just like send Reiki. I'd send Reiki as well. But you know what I mean. There <laughs> are there are certain things right. that that work, and it's not to dismiss any of that. It's just yes. to have the understanding that there are other approaches that yeah. are, are as effective if not more effective quite right. often exactly yeah and, and just um rekindling the uh, connection to to mother earth as well like um yeah it's there's all this knowledge the the, the lore it's in the herbalism and and, and plants it's as deep within our ancestral memories as well as we have been ancestrally working with these plants these plants have been allies for um many many millennia you know they've they've worked with humanity (laughs) since we've we've been here on earth so you know it's and and i mean with these kind of a lot of illnesses that there's a lot of conversations like well probably the answers in the amazon frankly Mm. like a lot of uh, things that are considered uncurable 
there are solutions for there's yeah. always a solution maybe we just haven't encountered it yet yeah or we haven't done the proper research or whatever but they exist and it's yeah. just re reconnecting with that and there is an intuitive kind of process with this when we kind of clear ourselves out and get out of our way and get out of the mind and get out of the stories there is an ability like to listen to one's body and hear what it needs yeah i mean you think about it on a really really simple level right if you're tired you're like i need to go to sleep if you're thirsty you're like oh i need to drink more if if you're hungry it's like i should eat some food and that illustrates the intuitiveness of the, of the body that it sends you the signals you need and you need to listen to them yeah and so this can be done with other other types of wellness and issues and things like that um i mean i don't know what do you think yeah yeah it's um it's it's very important that we we cultivate this this connection to to the natural world and i feel this is why many of us in the modern day world and our society and, and the matrix we're, we're disconnected from mother earth we're disconnected from the natural world around us and we're, we're relying on all of these um false i mean yeah fake medicines and fake food and everything's fake <laughs> in the uh the matrix world and it's so it severs us um to connect with mother earth in a deep way so yeah i mean yeah. it's it's something i've been thinking about a lot particularly today um i had a photo shoot yesterday with a friend of mine and we we had a process she's in miami actually and she's been in costa rica before but she just returned here and part of the photo shoot is a is a bit of a process and a discussion about where we're at and what we're aiming for right in our lives like what do you want to transmit with this work and part of that process was to reconnect with earth and actually she was quite moved when she was reconnecting with the earth and and the realization of how much she'd become disconnected mm. from nature from living in the modern world and yeah. living in in the city life and i for me i think about it coming from here and i ended up in a flat in berlin and i love berlin but in the flat there's double glazing it's all concrete there's nothing alive in that flat right mm. not a thing you know here in the jungle, in the forest, right? Wherever you are, there's something moving. There's something breathing. Right. There's yeah. some frequency. There's the cicadas. There's the crickets. Yeah. And birds singing. And animals in the garden. And even the plants, right? Plants have this frequency. And it was the first time in many years I realized, wow, I actually feel properly alone. Not just like lonely, lacking some other human. Hmm. But like wow i'm alone in this moment mm. because that that frequency of life was was just cut off yeah and a, a lot of people live that way a lot of us really right because we're sort of in this position where it's like okay well i need to make money and i need to be successful and i need this and i need that and so the option to just go and sit in a forest isn't really realistic, is it? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm going to sit in a forest for a year. Oh, yeah, how are you paying your rent? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, but, yeah, part of being here and part of the reality we have is 
reconnecting on all these different levels with food with water with plants with medicine and just being in a in a frequency of aliveness right and for example planting your own food right yeah you know you plant something in the garden you nurture it you put your love in it and you can create a connection with it and that in turn creates a connection with you and there's kind of like i don't know if it's stories or research into this subject but you know that if you plant a plant and you put the seed in your mouth it'll like absorb your dna and then when the the plant breaks through the surface and you start using it it's going to have the healing properties specifically designed for you right yeah artisan artisan plant healing Yeah? yeah yeah Yeah, imagine if that amount of consciousness and thought was put into food production and agriculture on a mass scale. Um, Think about how we could transform our society in that way because obviously we're we're talking about one end of the spectrum here where the reality is that what's going on is way on this other end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. with um, the mass production of, of food with... GMOs and it's grown with pesticides and it's like and then it's stuck in a bag and gassed and put on a shelf for a week and yeah, shipped and halfway and around the planet and radiated for health and safety precautions yeah. and it gets to your table and, and you microwave it and then oh <laughs> my god and what's left you know right, it's just the the shape of it really right um I have friends for example in England and they're like oh I don't know about being vegetarian I don't feel so nourished and I look at what they're eating and it's like well no wonder right you're eating this tomato that's just purely grown for how it looks right. not how it tastes or not the nutrients yeah. and you're having like a cucumber that's just like <laughs> seventh generation GMO it's basically water right right exactly and it's like oh I don't feel nourished and it's like no wonder yeah there's no life in anything you're putting in your body exactly. like c- exactly. can you get something from your garden right like exactly. at least put a, like a herb that you grew or or, or somewhere yeah. something exactly. something anything please that's alive right <laughs> and we're yeah we're so blessed here with the fruits like you yeah. can literally get mangoes off the trees i know i know it's it's one of the blessings to be in, in costa rica mm-hmm. but um, with that all over the world there's always something right yeah. you know in the more harsher climates potatoes you know there's a big yeah, one and, i mean even if you're in, in ireland and scotland you know you could go and harvest wild nettles and wild dandelions and make a pesto with you know wild nettles and wild garlic and you know that so there's there's ways there's ways around it and the more we can just incorporate some more wild foods into our diet even if that is just five or ten percent to begin with even if it is just like once once you can you know harvesting some wild foods um that's going to make the world of a difference or even get down to your local market right Right, exactly. Yeah, and get stuff that's pretty, like, as fresh as you can get. It's not been on a supermarket yeah. shelf, and it's not been just grown for how it looks. It's like, yeah, and supporting people who are also doing the work. That's that's a big one. That's like supporting people. We've got to support the farmers who are putting their care and effort and love into growing healthy food for the community. I mean, these we, we, we take food for granted so much, and supermarket only in the past what 70 years you know since well really since the 50s that humans have been relying on supermarkets before that before world war ii and world war one 
you know, people were so much more connected and grounded to the food chains and food supplies. And so that's actually interesting what you said about the world wars, because before those times, food wasn't industrialized in the same way. Yeah. And it was in those in those times that it was like, oh, we need to make food in cans and we need to do this and do that. And we industrialized everything, but never went back. Right. Right. Just yeah. stuck with it. Yeah. And actually, I think we've reached this point in human reality where there's some realizations that actually just eating processed foods isn't the answer. Yeah. And so we've we've con we've kind of gone to the top of convenience and automation in food and now we're coming back down the other side and it's like okay well where's the where's the balance with this and where's the dance yeah i know and it's and it's and it's hard work to grow food you know it, it isn't easy if you're and if you're a farmer or a gardener you'll know this it takes a lot of effort like a lot of hard work hours and hours and um so yeah, we just have to respect and, and protect our, our farmers as well because I do feel that um, the the supply chains right now are a little bit shaky, mm. and there you know there could be some things coming up in, in, in the near future that um, that are disrupting the the supply chains. Now, there's there's always going to be positive outcomes and negative outcomes in this on one one positive thing there was stories of like whole chicken factories getting shut down because of covid last year so okay on one one level there's like no chicken breasts in the supermarkets well okay that's not that bad really because now there's like <laughs> less deaths of like millions of mutated chickens just coming into like the, the supply chains and, and that that energy of these these like battery hens and, and all of the factory farming so the, but there's that's just one little side of it but there's a lot of changes happening with with su the supply chains right now so what does that mean it's like we cannot just keep relying on these supermarkets just to provide all our needs it's okay to go to the supermarket i get it and it's convenient and we can still use these conveniences we don't have to go back to stone age times where we're just hunting and hunting and gathering well, we can't again. really can we <laughs> right we can. It's, it's hard to honestly right. i've lived without a fridge and without a washing machine and without everything right and it's a bit tricky it's a bit tricky yeah i, I don't really recommend it it's a nice it's a nice exercise but it's probably not what you want your girlfriend wants for her life i would say right. yeah however we can do our bit to like you know plant a tree or, or have a pot of herbs grown by the windowsill or if you have a few square foot of garden you could plant some potatoes put some carrots in the ground instead of a bloody lawn which serves no purpose apart from to be mown down and look nice right exactly. and just look like everyone else's exactly wouldn't it be nice to have a few uh, yeah. lettuces in the garden instead yeah. or some carrots uh, right. or something and also, I think on this topic, something that comes through for me as well is there's this perception that eating like organic or fruit or vegetables is expensive. And it's kind of a funny one because in some ways it can be. But then when you dig a bit deeper, why is that? And so, for example, the dairy and meat industry is hugely subsidized by governments, right? Right. Whereas like health healthy vegetables and fruits is not and if you took away that subsidies then actually 
it would be more expensive to eat meat, right? Right, yeah. And if more people were... Um, yeah, and also why is... Or, well, you get into other stories of why organic food is, is so expensive because um, only you know certain s- group of people can afford it. It's not available to the masses where you could go into like farm foods with a pound and get come out with like five boxes of like fish fingers or something. Or go down Mackey D's. Right, get your Big Mac for a pound. Or uh, yeah, your, f- um, your fresh pressed juice for five bucks instead. Yeah, right. it's a bit tricky. Yeah, it's just... I think if the more the more people are, if there's more farmers who are growing organic food, then obviously that's going to lower the prices in general. And so if we have more people buying organic, more people, then it will drive prices down in general. And also there's a different a way to approach eating like more plant-based and more healthy because often the approach is, once again, you go to the supermarket and you buy your pack of organic produce like the salad that's already mixed or whatever and it's kind of expensive but actually there's there's loads of ways to eat well super affordably yeah like it's just requires a little bit of your input and your energy and your time yeah to make something with it but it doesn't have to be complicated Uh, yeah and it's like and it's also like people sometimes people freak out at spending money on on health foods and it's like oh my god that's like 20 bucks for that um you know those hemp seeds oh my god that's expensive but then they'll happily like spend like 500 dollars on like painting the fence or something or like or a cocktail or a cocktail now, or that was something that was always a big one for me when i stopped drinking yeah is because at that point i was spending a lot of money on alcohol and when i stopped I switched, and every time I was like, oh, maybe I'll go for a cocktail, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and get some really good food that I'm going to stick in my fridge, and I can eat it for a week. And, like, it costs less to live that way than to go out to bars. It, yeah. re- it really does. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. just like prioritizing what's your priority. Exactly. And the extension of that is, like, what's the cost of health? Yeah. Like, in many ways, we're fortunate where we come from that there is, like, medical care available but for many people in the world it's a huge expense and so you think of the money you invest into healthy living and preventative from having severe health issues you're actually kind of you're making money (laughs) right exactly i'm making money buying hemp seeds ryan right (laughs) (laughs) yeah no and and that's uh yeah i mean health is wealth sounds cliche but health is wealth so we're we're investing in you know this is the thing it's like you could have millions and millions of dollars in the bank if you have a sick body with no energy and you can't get out of bed because you're ill it doesn't matter what you have in life what kind of material possessions you have like all you want to do is feel better so we can take these steps to like just invest in our health like you know, I've invested thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on my health over the, the this last like 10, 13 years on this journey of, of health and wellness. And it's, it's been worth it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes I go to the health food store and, and, you know, spend like a few hundred dollars on like 
Are we talking in dollars or pounds? Or are they keep oscillating between dollars and pounds? I'm like dollars, pounds, colonies. I usually colonies. talk in dollars now. Yeah. Okay, should we talk in Bitcoin? Ethereum. Yeah, How much like, Ethereum do you spend at the health food store? Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I just dropped one Bitcoin in the health food store. That's quite a lot, though. Yeah, that's $43,000. Is right? it? All right, okay, I mean, well, I mean yeah. you know, I'm all for health, bruv, but, you know. Well, you know, I on average, I like to spend 0. 0.00025 <laughs> Bitcoin at the health food store. Um, but... And it feels, to me, that feels great. I love it. I love coming back. Or it could be an Amazon order. Or it could be on your favorite health, health foods mm. website. Although probably buy someone else than Amazon. Because they're like, we, do we need more millionaires in space this week? Right. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know Amazon are not up to your ethical standards. But anyway. Well, supporting independent business is really important. Where, where, where are we putting our money? Because a lot of the conversations in these kind of new world scenes that we're moving through is that there's a lot of negative connotations around money. But in actuality, I feel like money is just numbers again. So first of all, it's not even a thing really so much. Yeah. And where is your money going? Like, if your money is just stuck in your bank and it's not doing anything, it's stagnant energy. But if you are actually spending it supporting local farmers, artists, supporting people that you believe in, going to restaurants that you think are great and events or what, whatever it is, so long as your money is going directly to something you feel is a positive impact in the world, then what's the problem with money? Yeah. Right. Um, maybe it's a good time for another little song. Do you fancy a song, Roy? Yeah, we could have a song. Yeah. yeah. yeah a wee song. Yeah. I'll sing a wee one this time. Are we, are we, uh, All right. are we, uh, are we Irish number? Okay, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what Ryan's got cooking for us. I, I suspect it's going to be quite Celtic again, right? Yeah, it could be quite Celtic. Yeah, it could be quite Celtic. Oh, there we go. I think Ryan's going to play the tuning song. And one of the things we're going to... Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Hendrix did it best, actually. You ever oh hear yeah. Hendrix tuning songs? They're pretty banging. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, a bit more talent than me, I'd say. Um, you good? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're going to do a wee... Um, this is actually a wee old classic number that you probably all know, so... going to sort you there right oh, yeah. i'll tell you why because um when streaming online we don't want any copyright infringement oh really yes it's a real oh, thing really? twitch so will stop you streaming oh, interesting if you Even play if a, like a song and that's like by an artist 
Interesting. Yeah, and actually what's interesting about this is mm. it's actually for good reason because it's to support artists being paid for their work. Right. So if it was just like willy-nilly, you could play any music you wanted anywhere, then people yeah. don't receive for their work. Uh, right, right. So that's why, but it does make it a bit tricky. But my suggestion would be well, play one of yours. Yes, but also there's a way around this. There's a way around this because the song is, well, we can play another song, but because it's an actually a really, really old song, uh-huh. like the song is like back from like the 16th century England. Oh, okay. Um, it was a different song. No, but hi, it was the House of the Rising Sun, which uh-huh. obviously has been covered by the animals and all many, many people, Lead Belly and stuff. However, the actual melody of the song is, and the chords are actually set to an old, an old English like bad. But anyway, they'll still get flagged for copyright. They'll still get flagged for copyright. Though, still get flagged with copyright <laughs> <laughs> modern, but there, modern issues. Copyright. What is it? Fifty years or something? Or uh, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Right, okay. but uh, it may be just better to play one of yours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is an opportunity to share one of your songs. Beautiful. All right. Let's do it. Serious stuff, eh?
Tell us a bit about whatever it is you choose. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, one of you also in the Yep. Traditional also works. Um like a traditional um There's a song that's uh, like a reel that would be nice to play. Keeping it real? Yeah, keeping it real. Is it really good? It's, it is really good. It's really, really good. <laughs> Come on, reel it in, mate. Oh, all right. Yeah. Someone asking still to play this piece now.
Bueno, thanks, oh, Roy. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's that one then? It's called the King of the Fairies. The King of the Fairies. The fair enough. The fairies. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think for next time we're gonna get the nice camera I've got over there set up properly. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll get a bit deeper on a couple of things. Is there anything else you feel like you want to share about tonight, Roy? Yeah. No. It's just it's great to just uh, roll with it and, and to see what comes through and uh, speak from our hearts and and, and, and share our journey and, and just yeah it's time it's time that we we have to um, speak our truth and just put out our vibration into the world right absolutely yeah. and make sure you speak into the microphone when you're speaking oh right, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. that's helpful yeah. <laughs> uh, you can speak from the heart and also the mouth <laughs> the uh, the ethereal and the actual and um, yeah I think that's kind of sort of a point um, that's coming through a lot in these times is how do we sort of actualize the learnings uh, from the heart from the journeys from the teachings into 3d and into this like reality we're moving through in a in a tangible grounded way Um, there's a lot of like strong awakenings happening on earth right yeah. Um yeah, but is, yeah. but how do we how do we integrate this new knowledge into this human game because as much as we're like infinite beings we are also still humans. Right. <laughs> and it, yeah. talking of that um I actually want to make some dinner. I think I'm going right, to make yeah. you can stay for dinner if you want, right? All right. Cool. I'm nice. going to make uh maybe a Thai curry, right? Some fresh ginger. I uh, got some coconut milk. A Thai curry. Got some Oh, a Thai curry or like a bow tie curry? No. Oh, yeah. you're not you're not too tired to. Yo, you tie me up right <laughs> now. Um, and yeah, like using ingredients I got from organic farmers here. I got some spinach. I probably yeah. got some potatoes. I got some onions. Yeah. Got some nice coconut milk. Do you have like Thai spices, curry paste, or? I've got galangal, oh, nice. which was grown actually galangal grows here really well oh nice so yeah once again all all good ingredients and coming from the earth and straight straight to us exactly yeah yeah i heard you're quite a good chef as well it's kind of and and the rumor has it that you're you're quite a prolific chef these days well Well, he he said it not me right um but yeah i think being being a, a cook is kind of a necessity right once you start going down the health road 
Yeah. You can't just live on TV dinners, can yeah, you? Yeah, I know it's funny. When I started getting into the, the health, I, I, I had no interest in, in cooking before. I couldn't even boil an egg. Or make, I barely could make a slice of toast. <laughs> you know? Um, and when I started getting into the health, I got super passionate about like cooking. And I just started to learn how to cook. And yeah, it becomes your passion, right? Yeah, alchemy. Like and like actually it's just such a pleasure to eat amazing food right. it's so good right right when you make a plate and it's like all this like it happens to be really healthy but it tastes like unbelievable it's like whoa yeah. like it's a bit hard to go to restaurants at this point because it's like well is it better than what we have at home exactly i know it's not uh, yeah. <laughs> and often it's not eh? no, it's not i know then you suspect oils and fluoride salt and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and you know, it's not so complicated. Like, I did a video about how to make a salad. People kept asking me, how do you make a salad, right? I'm like, how do you make a salad? Well, you just, you, you get your things and you put them in a bowl. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. That's right. what a salad is. You get you some leaf and you chop up your, your, like, you don't need a list of, like, two and a half tomatoes, <laughs> three and a half pieces of lettuce. <laughs> Two two and a half slices of cucumber. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's yeah. no like rigid <laughs> structures to these kind of things. Like, what do I eat in the morning? I have like fruits, for example. Like, and people are like, "What's the recipe?" So, well, like, I got a, I got a mango and I chopped it up. <laughs> I got banana and I chopped it up. Uh, I got some pineapple and I chopped it up and I put it in a bowl. That's the recipe. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that hard, is it? No, it's not. But it seems it seems hard. Right. That's the thing. It seems hard if you if you don't really think it about it in the same way. Yeah. Well, humans we're, we're creatures of routine and comfort, mm -hmm. and most people are so locked into their routines that possibly like chopping up a mango for breakfast is a bit wild, a bit weird, right? A bit like, weird. Like well, yeah, it's <laughs> funny because a lot of folks when they switch from like eating traditional foods to maybe going plant based, they're like, "All oh, right, well, where where do I get veggie sausages? Where do I get veggie burgers from? Where do I get f veggie chicken nuggets?" And it's like, "Well, yeah. what? Why do you need a chicken nugget? It's like I'm not a 12 year old boy. You don't have to trick me into eating a carrot <laughs> by putting it in a bun of bread and calling it a hot dog. Right. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'll eat a carrot." <laughs> You don't have to like fool me. <laughs> like, I, oh, oh, this, this, no, yeah. no, no. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not tempeh. It's a chicken. It's yeah. a chick. I'm all right. I don't need. I, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll eat it. <laughs> um, but yeah, here we go. Um, maybe more on that subject another time. Yeah. yeah. And maybe some cooking shows at some point. We fit. How, how do we do a cooking show? I guess do it on this table and just whack it here. Right. I got the electric hob actually. Nice. You just stick it on the table. Oh, yeah, that's an idea. There's an idea. Do a little cooking show on here, right? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, Bingo yeah. bango. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice one. Well, yeah, thanks. Right. Um, thanks very much, Ryan, for coming in and that's and great. Yes, yeah, and being part pleasure. of the part of the fun, yeah, right? It's been a pleasure. Yeah. A little bit of an experiment, eh? Yeah, yeah, and there's more to come, and yeah. And uh, you'll sit closer to the mic next time. Yeah, I'll sit closer to the mic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, this today it was really just like uh, we Ryan and I we we talked about it a bit, and it's time for less talk, more doing, right? Yep. So exactly. today was a bit of an experiment. We're just streaming on Twitch, um, Elementalism Productions Twitch. So Twitch forward slash Elementalism Productions. 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Elementalism. Ryan? Ryan McKenna, dot eight to eight. Aha. Uh-huh. Like Terence McKenna, Uncle Terence. Ryan McKenna, dot eight to eight. Yeah. And yeah, also SoundCloud. You can get me on SoundCloud, Elementalism, with lots of DJ sets and actually a lot of recordings with Mr. Ryan McKenna. Yeah, yeah we, we've recorded some tracks over there and over the years so, yeah. and he keeps asking me to record another one so i guess if he's gonna like come on the show and like be here i probably we should record one right yeah <laughs> what one do you want to record right uh yeah we'll, we'll have a think about that yeah there's, yeah, a, few, there's, a, few, that. there's a few ones no yeah. pressure no pressure pal yeah. <laughs> um but yeah anyway to anyone listening yeah thanks for dropping in and we had a little discourse today on health and wellness and reality and modern living versus ancient ways and a bit of celtic heritage as well yeah it was cool it was a good blend it was a good mismatch of all things and so yeah all right thanks very much and uh we'll consider the next move but i think for me the schedule i want to go with is 4 20 on sundays that's costa rican time though 4 20 sunday costa rican time what is it here Beautiful. what's the time zone cmt or something I uh, don't know. central standard time okay central, yeah, standard, central time. standard time so that's where you can get us and i think hopefully i haven't checked your schedule you booked next sunday Roy? uh i don't think uh, right now no we'll check we'll check offline anyway Pura vida, Costa Rica. Um, nos oh, hablamos. Yes. Gracias. And yeah, thanks. And we'll, I think we'll share a few more songs as well next time. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Nice one. Thank you, guys. Much love. Ciao, Coco. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> nice, mate.